Hello and welcome to our next in our series of podcasts and uh, Happy New Year to all our listeners as well. Uh, my name's Ed Reed, Head of Research here at Cornwall Insights and I'm joined by Rowan Hazel and Tom Goswell. Good afternoon, gents. Good afternoon. Uh, and the topic of this podcast, we thought we'd have a little focus on uh, smart meters. So the guys here are, are our experts on smart meters and uh, I guess we should just jump straight into it, guys. Um, so we know that smart meters are to be installed in all households and I believe some of the small businesses by the end of 2020. So we're just in early 2019 now. Um, what's the state of the rollout to date in terms of numbers and other characteristics? So in terms of uh, domestic properties, um, we're at around 14.6 million uh, smart meters installed. Um, that was at the end of uh, September 2018. Um, so that's equivalent to about 28% of domestic properties. So um, still a fair way to go, it's, fa- it's fair to say. Um, but the rollout has been um, kind of ongoing for some time and starting to find its feet, if you like. Okay, and there's there's the two different types of smart meters being installed, well, at present or have been installed, um, the so-called SMETS 1 uh, and the SMETS 2. Uh, Could you just explain to us what the difference between those two versions are? Uh, Yeah, so the SMETS is the uh, smart metering equipment technical specifications, so they're fairly weighty documents setting out sort of the requirements for what the smart meter can do. And I think the, the major difference between SMETS 1 and SMETS 2 is um, the SMETS 2 meters are designed to be enrolled in the national communication systems run by the data communications company, so or commonly known as the DCC. Essentially, this means that suppliers can communicate with their meters using one single system. And so that's the second version of SMETS, but but not the first one. No, and this is leading to a couple of issues because SMETS 1 meters, suppliers have their own arrangements for communicating with the meters, and it's a big issue when they, when a customer switches supplier, it can often mean that the meter loses smart functionality. Uh, I see. Okay, well, I think that's something we'll, we'll return to when we have a look at, at more of the role of the DCC. But for, for you, Tom, you mentioned about 28% to, towards the target, something like that. So there's an awful lot uh, of installs to be done to meet, to meet that target. Um, just, just, just what sort of order of magnitude in terms of sort of the run rate uh, would we need to, to get to that target, either in installs per day or some other metric, just to kind of give us a feel for how much work is left to do? Yeah, so based on our latest figures, um, we're at around 15,000 uh, smart meter installations per day, which sounds like a fair amount. Um, mm. But we think that would have to roughly triple um, and stay there in terms of the rate of meters being installed um, to meet the 2020 deadline. Um, so we're, we're a long way off. In fact, we've never been in any quarter. Um, we've never been installing half um, as many meters as we need to to meet the 2020 deadline. Um, there has there have been some suggestions that we could extend the rollout deadline. So, citizens' advice was one of the more prominent ones to suggest moving it back to 2023. Um, we're still not at the rate required to meet that deadline um, or that hypothetical deadline either. Um, but we think installations would have to increase by around 25% um, rather than uh, triple. 
from where they are now. Blimey. Wow. Um, in, 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 so, I mean, this is obviously the, the focus on actually installing uh, the smart meters themselves, but the actual infrastructure and the end-to-end sort of systems that are required um, go beyond just, just, just the smart meter, the kind of box on the wall, as it were. Um, so one of you guys be able to sort of just tell us a little bit more about what else is required um, to, to deliver the, the whole end-to-end service for smart meters? Uh, yeah, so the data communications company, the DCC, that's a, a big player really. Um, the government back then, uh, DEC, set out in 2009 that it, there should be a national communications provider. Um, and I think in 2011 it set out that the DCC should be providing services from the start of 2014. Hmm. Um, however, it's only in the past year or so that we've actually seen SMETS 2 meters going in and being enrolled in the DCC, so a bit behind on timescales there. Yeah. And I think I understand as well that um, with regard to supplies to businesses, there was a kind of degree of uncertainty around whether uh, or not they had to use the DCC? Yeah, so domestic suppliers were required to become users of the DCC by 25th of November 2017. Uh, but yeah, as you say, in the non-domestic market, things were a bit different. Um, so we saw quite a lot of advanced meters, which were sort of a, an initial type of smart meter already installed for businesses. And the government took the view that because there was already a bit of a competitive market for communication systems in the non-domestic sector, that maybe these suppliers shouldn't be required to use the DCC. Um, and there was a bit of a debate around this. So in August 2017, they, the government took the decision to remove this opt-out for smaller business providers. Um, and they basically put a user mandate in place for any suppliers, if they have small non-domestic premises, uh, to become a user of the DCC by August 2018. So, so basically, we're, we're in a position now where any supplier has smart meters they have to make use of the DCC, which is different from the A, the advanced meters, the AMR meters you, you discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got the end-to-end comms bits, but there's also quite a lot of activity and work that the supplier also has to do, um, um, you know, around rules and other, other bits and bobs as well. Is there anything else we can sort of talk to there? Yeah, so there's a number of codes that suppliers have to comply with in relation to smart metering. So there's the smart metering installation code of practice. This essentially sets out how the meters should be installed, what suppliers and installers should be doing when the meters are going on the walls. There's also requirements in the smart energy code. So this sets out how the meters should be operated in relation to the DCC. So this is things like security requirements, data privacy, how the meters should be tested to check that they work, and just to make sure that the meters are working with the DCC systems as intended. So the... The, the meters, all, all the meters can record, consum- amongst other things, can record consumption every 30 minutes. Um, but there's a different and separate program going on at the moment within industry um, about half hourly settlements. Uh, yeah, so this sort of idea of settlement is essentially truing up the difference between how much energy a supplier purchases and then how much the customers actually use. And historically, this has been the usage by domestic customers has been estimated using typical consumption patterns known as load profiles. 
However, smart meters, as you say, will allow half-hourly consumption data to be collected and transmitted, um, and this will give a much better picture of consumption and allow suppliers to sort of purchase the amount of energy they need with a lot more accuracy. Okay, um, and uh, thanks, Ryan. And I, I think we're already seeing, aren't we, Tom? Um, that some suppliers are active in the moment, uh, market at the moment, offering um, smart uh, products. Uh, could you just give us a bit of a flavour of, of what they, what what the type of those products are? Who's offering them? Yeah, so there's a couple of different types of uh, products out there in the market that make use of this uh, kind of smart metering infrastructure. Um, so probably the most widespread one uh, is smart prepayment. So around 16% of the market in GB um, is on a prepayment meter. Um, so essentially, traditionally, this would mean uh, going to a pay zone, normally at your local shop, um, taking a little key and, and getting your meter topped up. Um, and then having to go home and, and put that credit in the meter. Um, with smart prepayment, um, which the likes of Utilita has really pushed, um, as well as companies like Ovo, Eon as well, um, it basically takes away the need to go down to a shop. You can top up online or usually via an app. Um, so it gives consumers much more flexibility, um, a lot more options um, with the way that they top up. Um, some of the other things that we've seen uh, have related to time of use tariffs. Um, so we haven't seen an awful lot of these tariffs out there, but one of the more interesting ones is from Octopus Energy. Um, so Octopus launched its Agile tariff um, over the last year. Um, it's had a relatively limited number of customers, I think deliberately just to trial the tariff and, and see how it works in the real world. Um, but published some interesting results from that trial. So the Agile tariff essentially um, offers consumers half-hourly prices. Um, so they're told the day before in the afternoon what their prices will be for the next um, 24 hours, broken down into 48 half-hours. Um, and obviously this incentivizes consumers to move their uh, consumption away from the traditional peak time um, during the evenings um, because that's when the prices tend to be a bit higher, the system tends to be um, a bit tighter and um, wholesale prices tend to be higher. Um, so Octopus found that its customers on this tariff reduced their consumption by about uh, 28% during the peak periods mm -hmm. um, and it was particularly useful for electric vehicle drivers. Obviously um, electric vehicle drivers that charge their vehicles at home have quite a large amount of consumption that's relatively easy to shift around in terms of timings. Um, so electric vehicle drivers could charge their cars overnight or set them to charge at the cheapest times uh, based on their prices and made a substantial stay saving because of that. And I suppose in the interest of uh, fairness and uh, there are other suppliers on the market you can choose from, um, who else is uh, doing sort of interesting and, and things around sort of that kind of pricing model? Yeah, so there's been a couple of other time of use tariffs um, out there. Um, these have largely been static time of use tariffs. So um, you have fixed periods during the day where you know what your price is going to be, but it does change um, throughout the day. So we've seen Green Energy UK um, launch one of these. Again, the marketing around that was largely based on electric vehicle uh, users. Uh, we've also seen Bulb recently uh, launch a similar tariff. 
Um, and British Gas as well was one of the first to offer this kind of tariff, um, which was slightly different, but offered essentially free electricity um, on one of the weekend days uh, during the day for consumers. So, so it's probably fair to say then, is it, that it's quite early days for these kind of products uh, in the market, given where the smart meter rollout is, but it appears to be that much of this is sort of testing the customer appetite and response to these different types of pricing arrangements? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Rowan mentioned the half-hourly settlement programme that's kind of ongoing within the industry. And yeah, if, if that comes through um, and customers or smaller domestic customers and non-domestics are half-hourly settled, then there'll be much more uh, incentive for suppliers to offer this sort of product um, because they'll be facing charges on a half-hourly basis. The natural step would be to pass that on to consumers. Um, So, yeah, I think at the moment it's fair to say that a lot of these products are about testing consumer appetite and, you know, what the consumer response will be to this kind of product. I guess that's what we're going to be tracking, keeping a close eye on uh, over time. Um, the other thing is, as well, we've already mentioned the role of the uh, the DCC and, and uh, the fact that it's a supplier-led rollout and the supplier has to uh, make use of the DCC. Um, but I guess there's other parties involved in the rollout we haven't mentioned uh, yet. Um, so maybe, Tom, could you just sort of unpack a bit of who those other players are and, and what their roles are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a variety of different roles um, in metering in general, um, but to kind of focus on the smart meter rollout, um, you've got meter asset providers, um, also known as MAPS. Uh, So these are companies that are usually backed by uh, various banks or investment funds um, and will essentially fund the meters uh, for suppliers and then rent them back to them. So uh, the likes of Calvin Capital and Macquarie, for example, are amongst the the biggest meter asset providers. Um, You've also got uh, companies that provide installation services. Um, So the likes of Larry Beck, Amy, Provider, these kind of companies that are also involved in the rollout and are exposed to the different drivers that that are going on there. And oh, that's interesting. And the 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 impact then are, are on those parts of the market, which the suppliers are, are sort of mandated to contract with, to as part of the rollout, I guess, and making the meters uh, work. Um, given what we talked about earlier about the the kind of delay, I guess, in in the second version of Smets, uh, and also, of course, as we saw in our last podcast about how 2018 was quite a turbulent year in terms of the number of retailers that unfortunately ceased trading. You got any thoughts on what that might mean in terms of timetables or, or impacts on the players? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a, f- a few of these companies have publicly stated that some of the issues in the rollout have uh, affected their operational or indeed their financial um, performance. So uh, one issue with meter asset providers, for example, um, is that once they've funded the meter for a supplier, um, they're not then in in control of who else uses that meter. So if the customer was to switch to another supplier, um, the new supplier would have to basically contract with that meter asset provider. Obviously, the meter asset provider doesn't know who that's going to be. Um, And like you said, it's been a turbulent year for the supply market and there's no guarantee that that supplier will stick around um, or be able to pay the meter asset provider um, in this kind of current climate. Um, So that is certainly one issue and we know that 
people are looking at reviewing pricing to take that into account, um, which will obviously drive up costs across the rest of the industry. Um, some of the other issues, from uh, particularly from installers, um, is actually recruiting and retaining the engineers required to uh, meet the needs of the rollout. Um, so with the kind of un uncertain timetable that we've seen um, and the variability in the rate of the rollout, um, it's been difficult to have enough engineers um, at the right times and to keep them. Right. Well, I suppose that, that kind of leads succinctly on to the wider picture then. So we've kind of unpacked parts of the smart meter uh, infrastructure. Um, and, you know, we, we're, we're not sticking the knife in here, but it's apparent that, you know, the rollout has uh, uh, had its issues. Um, and I think those are brought starkly into focus relatively recently uh, by a report. I think it was a third report, I believe, uh, from the National Audit uh, Office. Um, what, what, what were the kind of headlines? findings from the NAO? Uh, yeah, so this was the third report that the NAO have put out and sort of the headline that they were leading with is that we will fall materially short of the rollout target to install meters by the end of December 2020. There was also quite a big focus on the number of SMETS 1 meters installed. So there's around 12.5 million have gone in when compared to the business case that BASE originally put forward, there was only supposed to be 5.4 million. And 70% of these meters will go down on change of supplier, they said. Um, they also found there's a bit of disparity between where the SMETS 2 meters are going in. So at the time of the report, 109,000 SMETS 2 meters were installed in the south, but only 3,000 installed in the north. So there's a few issues to sort out there. They also found that the savings forecasted as a result of the industry benefits of smart metering may fail to materialize. Mm -hmm. And um, they also highlighted how suppliers find it difficult to arrange installations. Um, also a few issues that they raised around the government's management of the program. They said that they'd identified gaps in how the program's monitoring and highlighted that the last assessment of cost was in 2016. And so there probably should be another one. Bayes needs to take stock and really consider whether the programme is still going to deliver the benefits that it originally was intended to. So, so really not not at all positive there from the National Audit Office. And um, I, what, what, what was sort of government's immediate response to that? Yeah, so there was a, a statement put out by Claire Perry um, basically, frankly, saying that, no, we're going to stick with the deadline, we're not going to move it. And, yeah, she was sort of saying the issues were small speed bumps that need to just be overcome. Um, Doesn't seem to be a very considered response. I mean, I, I think... Um, given what we mentioned earlier about citizens' advice, as well as others, have suggested maybe an extension uh, to to the deadline would be would be perhaps a sensible thing to consider at least. But but is there any kind of mechanism or route through which um, you know, any changes can be made or at least mooted for for the rollout? Yeah. So back when the Smart Meters Act was being developed earlier this year. Lord Henley said that the, um, there would be a ministerial statement after the report came out and that this would lead to parliamentary debate. And um, on the 9th of January, we're going to see a Bayes Select Committee evidence session where members of Bayes will come up against the, the committee to discuss the rollout, give evidence, and then potentially after that, it could lead to a government response. 
Okay, well, we'll have to, uh, obviously, another thing we'll be tracking over uh, uh, 2019. Um, anything else we want to add, guys, about smart meters? It's obviously uh, a hot topic at, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in terms of the first kind of half of 2019, it'll be interesting to see what happens to that installation rate. We mentioned that um, it wasn't high enough and it's actually been falling um, over the latter part of 2018. Um, many uh, people believe that you know, there's, there's potential that it could fall further um, in the first part of 2019 as more suppliers transition to installing SMETS 2 metres. Um, and you know, it will also be interesting to see if, if anything more comes out about the kind of increasing costs that we've seen in the rollout. Um, certainly Ofgem is set to review uh, the smart metering costs allowed for under the price cap mm. um, that will be um, in place and I think that should be in time for an October 2019 update. And obviously Rowan mentioned as well that the um, Bayes uh, Select Committee um, hearing will be taking place. I think there's also going to be a big push on this idea of enrolling SMETS 1 metres in the DCC. Um, it's been banded around for quite a long time, but hopefully we're going to get the initial version of the DCC service in May. And so this will hopefully start to get around the issue of SMETS 1 metres losing smart functionality when you switch supplier. So 2019 sounds like it's going to be another uh, important year for uh, smart meters. Uh, we have a couple of services on, on, on smart meters. Yes, so uh, we offer a domestic smart metering market report. Um, so this is a quarterly report tracking the progress of the domestic rollout. Um, we break it down uh, by supplier um, and also have a look at things like the propositions that are coming through uh, based on smart metering, um, different strategies used by suppliers to uh, kind of get the meters installed, um, and also taking a look at the various companies that we mentioned earlier, the meter asset providers, um, installers and uh, manufacturers as well. And on the regulation side of things, we have a smart meter regulation service. So this is a self-service website designed to offer an easy to understand versions of all the key obligations on suppliers in relation to smart metering. We also have a monthly update report which covers the latest regulatory developments and policy changes. So things coming out of Ofgem, the government, things from the DCC, any changes to the Smart Energy Code and the Smart Meter Installation Code of Practice. So plenty of food for thought then. Um, well, thank you, guys. Uh, that's been a really interesting uh, discussion. Um, of course, if any listeners want to uh, find out any more information about our services or uh, get in touch with the guys, please visit our website. Uh, we'll be able to provide more information to you about uh, this podcast, our future podcast, or indeed our intelligence services, consultancy services and training services. Rowan, Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.